0: I'm Alma Lee, and this is From Fear to Love. From Fear to Love, you know, there's only two emotions. That's right. We only have two emotions. When we are born, babies only know two, two feelings. You know, it's, uh, it's instinctual. Babies only understand when they are loved and safe and when they are in fear. Every emotion that we experience is derivative of either a fear or a love-based emotion. Keep that in mind as I continue on this, this journey, this podcast journey with you, which is the it's the platform, it's the foundation, it's the fundamentals of what I talk about. I had a uh, a friend of mine, Facebook acquaintance, I guess you could say, a uh, sweet lady, uh, send me a message asking me, well, she's really sweet. she's really gassing me up, <laughs> sending me messages, and I get these from time to time from people who just send me you know messages uh telling me how much they appreciate what I'm doing and that's it's awesome. I love to I love knowing that what I do is helpful and purposeful. I love knowing that people are able to look at their experiences in this life using the messages that i that I deliver. She had asked me. She said, uh, where do you get your ideas from? You know, how do you how do you know what you're going to talk about? And I, you know, I thought about that. And the truth is, it just sort of, it's just kind of the way my brain works. And I happen to just pay attention to it. So what I mean by that is I have to take a moment when I first open my eyes because my, my brain tells me, okay, you got to do this. You got to go to the bathroom. You got to let the dog out. You got to turn the coffee maker on. You got to make your bed. You got to do, 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 you know, one, two, three, four, five. And it feels like a rush. So what I have to do in the morning is collect my thoughts, sit still. Sometimes I, I just lie in my bed. Other times I'll sit on the side of my bed and put my feet flat on the ground and just try to clear my head and just take some deep breaths before I allow myself to sort of slingshot into my day, cleansing myself. By, by taking some deep breaths and getting really good oxygen into my system to start the day. And that helps to clear my mind. But what it also does is it sort of supercharges those thought processes. And this morning, I was thinking about dating after a breakup and divorce. And it's all sort of uh, ties into conversations that I have with other people. So you may have a conversation with me if you send me a message or if, if you know if we talk on the phone or if we meet each other in person and we have a deep conversation, especially if you bring up a topic that is really close to your heart, it's going to plant a seed in my brain because my, the way it works is I'm going to start contemplating how can I positively influence this particular issue, not only for this person, but for everyone else who is experiencing the same dilemma. See, the thing is, and this is something that I've learned in the work that I've done, is that I hear it. It's like a broken record almost. And I'm not, I'm not saying that as a bad thing, um, but I just see people struggling with the same problems over and over and over again, which is what has motivated me to move into this realm of of my work and my purpose is to do more for more people as opposed to doing onesies and twosies with my clients. I'm not saying this is not, this is not therapy. (laughs) Listening to this podcast is not therapy. Let me clarify that because I don't want to get in trouble, but you may find a therapeutic benefit from listening to this message because what I'm talking about is based upon conversations and interactions that I've had with both personal acquaintances people that I know friends as well as clients so dating and I want to get into uh, the elements of both what I have seen with other people particular people in my you know Gen X you know people who have been married who have been in long-term relationships and see that cycle repeat itself over and over and over again and you feel like you just can't seem to get it right you just can't seem to make it work. Why is that? I'm a perfect example of that. I've had numerous relationships in my life that have faltered, and here's here's what I've come down to. <laughs> you know, you've done it. You've seen it on you know Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever. Maybe back in the day on MySpace, if you remember MySpace. Um, the the venom, the vitriol, the resentment, the hostility. Just the anger and the disappointment that people feel coming out of a relationship, because somebody else used them, they 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 shit on them, they dumped on them, cheated on them. Maybe they were in a domestic violence situation. They were emotionally abused. Um, you know, it's awful. That's awful. That's not why we get into partnerships. We don't get into partnerships to be abused. So why the hell do we tolerate it? Why do we uh, stay the course with someone who treats us? Poorly, And that's what I want to talk about today. And and keep in mind, talking to you and, and having you hear my voice right now, you know, before I get into it, let's just do this real quick. Okay, take a deep breath. If you can, if it's appropriate, if you know, if it's not safe, just save it for later. But if you can, let's do a couple of really deep breaths. Because it's important that when you listen to this, that it resonates in a place in your heart, in your mind, where you can digest it effectively. Because I want the message to be received by you in as healthy a way as possible. So let's do a couple of deep breaths. Ready? Isn't it funny? If you've never done meditation, it might feel uncomfortable. It might feel weird or even cringy. Just humor me. All right. So here we go. We're going to do that again a couple more times, okay? One more time. And you want to hold that breath for just a couple of seconds. And then as you exhale, try and prolong it maybe twice as long as the inhale. So what you're doing is you are engaging your parasympathetic nervous response by doing that. Taking that deep breath, you are allowing your diaphragm to press down on the vagus nerve the base of the spine, which engages the rest, digest, feed, breed response, the the relaxation response. It's scientifically proven to calm you down. So if you ever get, you know, if you're getting ready to have a hard conversation, if you're at work, you're stressed out, you're feeling anxiety, if you feel like you might go into a panic attack, do some deep breathing. Okay, that's a very rudimentary, elementary way of looking at it. We can talk about uh, breath work in another podcast. But I want you to be prepared before we have this conversation because um, this is a uh, very personal, uh, it can be a very personal experience to share and to understand yourself better when it comes to dating and relationships. But I want you, the listener, I want you to move into a space of healthy functionality. That can be very uncomfortable. Why? Because underneath all of this, and as badly as we have been treated in relationships there's a little bit of truth to the fact that we've screwed up too and that's that's another factor about what i want you to pay attention to because we can't grow if we don't acknowledge the things that we're doing and this is not about judgment it's not about judgment i want you to heal i want to share my narrative and my experiences with you because i feel very fortunate, extremely fortunate to be where I am right now, today, in this moment, mindfully, with you, speaking to you, and sharing with you the space that I'm in. And I want to be as effective in my communication with you that I possibly can be. Because I want you to feel what I feel. I want you to understand yourself better and help move into a perspective Where you have the ability to look inward and acknowledge the things that you need to change about what you're doing, how you're moving through this life, and, you know, fix whatever's broken from a mindset perspective without, keep in mind, this is key, without self-deprecation. Okay, so I want this to be your permission slip to be alone. Yep, that's right. I said it. I want this. If you are listening to this and you've just gone through a breakup or perhaps you know someone who's just gone through a breakup or if you know someone who just got divorced or is going through a divorce or knows that they need to leave a relationship and they're scared to do that, this is your, this is your message. And maybe it's not necessarily for you, but maybe you're supposed to listen to this because there is someone in your life that you care about who needs this message. So you need to share this with them and you need to tell them, hey, Alma said to send this to you. Alma said you need to listen to this. Alma said this is a message for you. So that's what you need to do. If it's not for you, send it to that friend who's struggling. Okay, hear me out. This is your permission slip to be alone. If you find yourself consistently coming in and out of wash-rinse repeat cycles with people and relationships, you need to be alone. Not forever. No, I, that's not what I'm saying. You don't need to be alone forever. You need to find the strength and the courage to move through life without someone there. Because here's the thing. This is the problem is that if you have trauma, if you have unhealed wounds, If you feel that in order to move through this life, to have any sense of self-worth that you have to be attached to someone else, because that is where you derive a sense of value or a sense of worthiness, then that my friend is your reason that you need to be alone because you need to take time to heal. And you can't do that if you're in a relationship. Why? Because you're going to be so focused on attaining that external validation from your partner that you do not have the time or the inclination to heal. Now, think about the logic behind that. Does it make sense if you have unresolved trauma, if you have codependent tendencies, that you're going to pull in a partner that's completely healthy? No, it doesn't. Because healthy people attract other healthy people unhealthy, broken people attract other unhealthy, broken people. I'm raising my hand on that one because that's my story. And I'm single. I'm divorced. This is not me uh, pointing a finger to all of my past partners, the people I've had, whether they were long-term relationships or they were casual engagements or they were potential romantic relationships that never took off, whatever. I'm not pointing a finger at them. I'm past all that. I used to, for sure. We all have, I think, to some degree, especially when somebody's legitimately treated us like shit. And that's happened to me as well. I have been treated like shit by, by former partners. There's no doubt about that. In the past, I focused on that. It was easy, right? It's easy when you come out of a breakup to focus on the negativity of what your previous partner did to you as a means of moving forward. It's real easy to do that but it limits your healing my friend. It limits your evolution. It limits your potential. So this is, the, this is the transition from fear to love. This is a whole transition. When you move out of a fear-based mindset and the anger that comes from a breakup that's a fear emotion. Anger is derivative of fear. When you come out of a, a, a relationship, you got to do it. You, you have to process it. You, you have to feel those emotions. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying you your anger. I'm not denying you the process of disappointment that you feel, the resentment, the hostility, uh, being cheated on, being lied to, being manipulated, being gaslit, being made to feel that your thoughts, feelings don't matter to that person because of the way they treated you. You got to do that. You got to process that. But you can't live there. You can't stay there. You cannot do that. You have to look at it at some point and you have to say, okay, I'm ready and I'm done. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of staying in this mess. I'm ready to move forward. And you have to allow it to be what it is. Now, as you move forward in your journey of healing, are, are those old feelings going to come up? Absolutely. A hundred percent. You're going to have moments where it's going to be like a, a tsunami sometimes where all of those angry feelings are going to come up behind you, sneak it behind you and overwhelm you. You might even find yourself gasping for air because all of a sudden you, you have those overwhelming feelings again. It's okay. It's all part of the journey. It is all part of the journey. You know, the, like the, uh, like the old cliche, like the the saying goes is there's a reason that your windshield is way bigger than your your rear view mirror. That's so true. It is so true. You, yeah, you're going to look back. You're going to look behind you to see, you know, did that really, did that really just happen? Did that, did I spend that much time, energy investment and emotional, you know, involvement in this situation with this person who treated me that badly? Yeah, you're going to have to reflect on it to remind yourself of what you're moving out of. And in part of that review, it's important to be fair to yourself and acknowledging, okay, what did I do and what did I or what do I need to learn from and how do I need to grow? What did I do wrong in that relationship? How did I treat that past partner? How did I malign the individual that I used to be with. You might be in a situation where you are sort of the villain in all of your stories. (laughs) It's possible. But you're no less... You are no less worthy of healing than someone who consistently gets hurt by other people. It's just the way that your trauma manifests. It's, you know, if you're the aggressor or the assertive person or the person who ends up treating other people like shit, you know, that whole... The best defense is a good offense mentality. In other words, you strike first and break up with them before they have a chance to hurt you. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. All I'm doing today is telling you, do your deep deep breathing, acknowledge what needs to change, and look inward and find out what it is about you and your behaviors that needs to evolve And you have to do that. You got to do that without beating yourself up. That's the tricky part. See, as human beings, we are groomed to believe that in order to get over something, we have to talk. We have to talk down to ourselves. We have to equate our value to our actions. And all I'm doing is giving you permission to not do that anymore. Did you cheat on your last partner? Did you tell someone that you love them and you didn't? Or better yet, did you tell someone that you love them and you don't really know what that means? You know, this is an opportunity for learning. This is an opportunity for growth. I want people to experience what I'm experiencing in my life. Am I scared? Yeah, I get scared. Of course I do. I'm a human being. Of course I, I worry. I worry about different things. But the, here's the difference between that. The fear and the, you know, being scared that I feel now is vastly different than the fear I used to feel. The fear that I used to feel before I embarked on my own evolution years ago was based on wondering if anyone will ever love me. And that was based in my belief about myself being unlovable. And so I would pursue connections with people because I needed them to make me believe that I was lovable. The difference between the fear then and the fear now is my fear now is not rooted in a lack of worthiness. I know I'm lovable. I'm awesome. I'm a great person. I am a, I'm, I'm a growth in progress. I can acknowledge my shortcomings. I can empower myself. I'm confident. I know that I'm worthy. I know that I deserve good things. I know that I deserve a good person to connect with. My fear is more or less rooted in uh, making good decisions moving forward in my purpose. And it has nothing to do with my value of self. My worthiness and my value is impenetrable. I am 100% convinced of what my worth is. And... Maybe my fear um, that I feel now is more or less rooted in, I may very well be alone. I may very well stay alone the rest of my life. And the thing about that is I have to be okay with that because I will not partner with someone who is not at my level. I won't do it. It won't happen. Now, now, you know what? What works for me may not necessarily work for you. But that is something that I have recently come to to terms with. And it is interesting. It is so interesting, because when I tell people that, sure, I'll go to dinner with you, but I'm going to pay for my meal, you pay for your meal. And this is just us getting to know each other as friends. I am not interested whatsoever in dating someone I don't know. So if I go and spend time with someone, the purpose behind that is to get to know them. That's it. And let me tell you what, that is a lot for a lot of people. And it's okay. It's no judgment. It just means they're on a different journey than I'm on. And it's it's fine. Um, and that's what works for me. Now, I have a more intense personality, I suppose, than a lot of people. But I feel very strongly that that is going to protect me in the future. Another thing, too, that ties into all of this is... I am not looking for someone to complete me. You should not be looking for someone to complete you. You should be working on completing yourself. Because see, here's the way I look at it. This is a perspective shift. I believe that the person that I deserve to be with deserves me to be the best version of my healed self. So what I'm doing now is not only a gift to myself, but it is to create and cultivate who I am in the future so that I can be the best version for someone else. It's not about me looking outward. I'm not looking for somebody to be, you know, you better get your shit together before you come at me kind of thing. That's, that's kind of a, a non-issue as far as I'm concerned, because that's, that's the only way that it would, the connection would ever happen. And I believe in working on myself first because I know what I deserve. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. I know what my worth is. I know what my value is. Finally, it took only, you know, almost 49 years to figure that out. But I I got there and I did it and I'm here and I'm grateful. And that's what I want to share with you today is I'm doing all of the work. I'm doing my homework and I'm doing that because the person I deserve to be with deserves me at my best. They deserve me to get out of my head figure my shit out, become the best version of myself that I can be. My potential partner deserves me to come to them and and not expect them to make up for the errors of the past grievances that I've experienced. You would never expect the person behind you in the grocery store to pay for your groceries. That's kind of that's kind of what we tend to do, right? I've done it. I've done it years past. I've done it. I've expected somebody that I was dating to understand me and, you know, make room for my shit that I hadn't healed. You got to heal. You got to get out of your own way. You're your biggest barrier to your own happiness by expecting other people to fix you. I did it. You just got to fix yourself. And I'm just telling you, I'm giving you permission to be on your own. It's really not that scary over here. You will find out who you are. You will find out your worth. You will learn how to take care of yourself. It will eliminate opportunities for codependency. And you will not necessarily attract. uh, you'll, You'll attract broken people. But when you are in this process, you will be empowered to enforce healthy boundaries against cultivating anything with them. Do you see what I mean? Um, it is an evolution, it is a healthy process, and you deserve it. You deserve to be happy. You know, it's um, mind-blowing what you will realize about yourself when you take time to establish yourself on your own, when you learn how to take care of yourself, when you're no longer codependent, or at least engaging in codependent behaviors. That rearview mirror will seem like a snapshot of craziness, because once you evolve and once you, you get out of that, that negative headspace and you look backwards, you might be inclined to feel a little bit of self-deprecation and shame and judgment of your former self. But I got to tell you, you can't do that either. You can't do it. You cannot look at yourself a year or two ago and judge yourself for doing things the way the best way you could at that time. Because because now you're a different person than you were back then. You have to look at yourself at every level, every evolution of where you're at and be appreciative for just doing the best you can and in a year from now you're going to be even more evolved you're going to have even more tools in your toolbox to move through this life in a healthy way and to achieve your happiness based upon what you're able to do for yourself and you will be able to love someone without any uh, restrictions or resentments or expectations you know don't you want that? I do, and you know i it i do I do get lonely I do I'm a human being, I do want companionship, but I don't want companionship at the cost of my own sanity. I don't want companionship at the cost of my integrity. Um, you know, I don't want to sacrifice all of the hard work that I've done just to have a little bit of external validation. It's no longer worth it to me um I realize the areas that I still need to work on, which uh, limits my availability to other people because I, it, the more work you do, the faster the healing comes. And for me, I feel like I am literally drinking from a fire hose, a healing fire hose. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I'm at right now. That is a huge part of what is, uh, I'm focused on this. I'm focused on delivering a message for you that encourages you. And I'll say this in closing, because this is a long one. (laughs) I'll say this. This is your permission slip. This is your permission slip to take time for yourself, to ignore the negativity, the toxicity, the control. Um, If you are in a violent relationship with someone, I ask that you please do the best you can to communicate that and seek help. It's not, it's not good to be in a, a, a situation where someone treats you violently. Um, I think that it is possible to love someone who is abusive. You can break up and divorce and leave someone and still love them, and you can want the best for them, and you can want them to do well, and you can want them to heal, but you have to do what's best for you, especially if you have children. You have to look up, ask for help. I want you to be safe. I don't want you to live your life where you're constantly waiting on someone to love you. You're constantly waiting for them to change. You're constantly waiting for them to fix whatever issues they have. It's time for you to love yourself. And I know it sounds cliche as hell. You literally can pour into your own cup. You literally have the power to give yourself what you are so desperately seeking to find in a partnership with someone else. And it's time. So you might be thinking, you know, Alma, um, what, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to embark on this healing journey? How am I supposed to make these changes, these decisions that you're talking about if I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing? If the only thing that I know what to do is what I've been doing, how am I supposed to change? Well, you gotta go talk to somebody, you gotta go to a therapist. Um, your friends are great. Um, Your family can be great, but more, more often than not, your family sees you in a particular way. And because they see you and you fit a certain role in their mind, they're going to treat you accordingly. If you're the youngest, you know, for instance, you're always the baby. They're going to talk to you like you're always the baby. You're not going to be seen at the age of evolution that you're at, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Um, no judgments against families, not not dinging families, but you've got to go and see somebody who is trained in trauma therapy. You've got to go and talk to somebody who is a, quote unquote, a disinterested third party. And what I mean by disinterested doesn't mean that they're not interested. It means that they have no emotional tie to the outcome. It means that the information and the support and the uh, facilitation, if you will, that they give you is coming from a place of... Actual expertise, actual training, so they can take your narrative and they can help you reframe that and look at it from a brand new, healthier perspective. At least to give you a trajectory, a goal to set for yourself on what you want to work for. And then to also help you process the trauma and create a game plan on how you're going to move out of that. You need someone trained to help you do that. Um, Keep reading. Find books. Find books. Um, uh, one that pops up in the top, off the top of my head right now, um, if you were married and you got cheated on, um, is Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, The Alchemist, uh, by Paulo Coelho. I'm not even saying his name right. Pelo, Paulo Coelho, uh, The Alchemist. And that is a very overall broad view of the world the mindset of the world you got to take it with a grain of salt with an open mind and I listened to the audiobook and it's great and it gives you a whole lot of fundamentals on what you should do at any given point in life and it it talks about life in general terms and it uses a lot of metaphors but the alchemist is great for that um those are the two books that I'm thinking of uh offhand the prophet by uh Khalil Gibran is a great one as well Um, you've got to, uh, take in information from healthy sources that are not emotionally tied to you. Lean into your friends, but also be mindful of what their intentions are. Okay. This is a huge undertaking. What you are embarking on is huge. Your evolution will include letting people go, not just the person that you just broke up with. Know that people will fade away. People will fade out of your your, your, your spotlight of life, if you will. Uh, not everyone who pretends to be a cheerleader is an actual cheerleader. Be mindful of that. Pay attention to how people treat you. Uh, when people ask you how you are, there are people that you have in your circle that only want to hear the bad stuff. They only want to hear what's going wrong in your life because that's what makes them feel better about themselves. Um, there are people out there who do not want to hear that you're doing well. They are not going to encourage this journey. They are not going to support you. Be aware that when you break up with someone and you embark on your own spiritual path, that you're going to find that being alone, it really means you're going to be alone for a bit. But I promise you that the quality of the engagements that you will have moving forward will be so much better. They will be so much more fulfilling and they will come from such a genuine, authentic place And that's, you know, you're cultivating the joy. You're moving out of fear and into love, not to belabor that point, but that's basically what all of this is. You want to move out of a fear-based mindset and into a love-based mindset. And that love-based mindset comes from loving yourself first. When you love yourself, when you give yourself what you need and what you have been trying so desperately to receive from other people, you won't, ne- you won't need it so much from other people. Then it's going to be a gift. It won't be a necessity because you will have the ability to take care of yourself first. When you hold yourself accountable to change and grow and learn how to love yourself and give yourself that worthiness that you so desperately seek in your healing journey, then everything else will start to fall into place. Because when you feel and believe that you're worthy, all of these other things that you've been leaning into won't seem so attractive. If you have, I mean, look at it this way. If you have a full belly, you're full, you've, you've, you've got a full, complete, you've just had a delicious filling meal, you are not going to look for snacks. You are not going to uh, pick up a grape off the ground and eat it you are not going to pick up crumbs and sweep them into your mouth because you're full because you have what you need already that's the same that's the same thing with all your relationships not just romantic partnerships if you're starving and you don't have what you need that dirty grape on the ground you know that's been out in the sun is going to be pretty attractive to you because you're hungry because you're thirsty because you need it because you need that fulfillment Crumbs are attractive and they're acceptable to you because you don't already have what you need. So that's kind of the analogy moving forward. Give yourself what you need. You can do it. You have all the power. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy to think that you have all the power? Everything that you have been wishing, dying, praying for and and crying your eyes out, screaming, fighting with someone else, Please give this to me. You have something that I need. You have the power to give it to yourself. And it's right there in front of you. It's for the taking. All you you have to do is just decide that you're ready. That's my message for you today. I hope that whatever day you have is a learning opportunity. You grow, you evolve, you change. But most of all, you have peace. So that's it. All right, it's time for me to pack. I got to go on my trip. I love you guys. This is Alma Lee, and you've been listening to From Fear to Love. This is an LMB production. Thanks for listening.